From News Studio 110 at the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Niche, a podcast about unique interests. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm David Calvert. So, David, I let you take over the Niche talk this week. Uh, yeah, I went out to the Reno Rodeo um, and talked to professional rodeo announcers uh, Bob Tallman and Wayne Brooks. And why do you think that these guys are like, uh, they have like, why do you think they have a niche market? So to me, rodeo is like the ultimate niche sport. It's got a, um, a small but very passionate fan base. Um, you know, it's not the NFL, but uh, it's it's cool and it's like American. And um, Bob, and specifically the reason I wanted to talk to him is like the Bob Costas of rodeo announcing. And he's got this amazing voice. And um, I just thought it would be an interesting interview. Welcome to Niche Pod. Uh, who am I talking to? Bob Tallman and Wayne Brooks, the announcers here at Reno and lots of places around the country. Excellent. Um, so what do you guys do and uh, why do you do it? Wow. We're probably two of the most diversified together and apart sports entertainment broadcasters on the planet. And there's lots of guys like us. And what we do is we utilize this actual sport, physical presentation of professional rodeo, which is based off Western lifestyle and ranching 300 years ago, and put it on an even playing field for millions and millions of dollars and bring it to tenths of seconds, eight second rides. And we are your history professor, your English teacher by phraseology. And what we do is say what you see. So two hours from now, we'll be in front of 9,000 people. We add a little Jesus, add a little Americana. We add a little Yippee Yahoo. And when it's all said and done, an audience should be entertained, enthused, educated, somewhat exhausted and feel like they participated in that two to three hour contest. I think it's all about uh, a dream. I think most of us that are on the outside of the competition part of rodeo is about wanting to be a cowboy that started at a very young age. And a guy can actually get paid for it. More money today than ever before. But uh, I $50 think million? Dollars? I think that's what kind of gets everybody started. Uh, On an annual base? That's a lot of money. Riding a beautiful horse in a star-spangled rodeo. You know, that's where it all begins. <coughs> and uh, being able to still be around it with a little gray in your hair is a nice position to be in. So as announcers, we, uh, we've got the greatest job in the world. We just brag on our friends and brag on the lifestyle. You have so, to think about it. I was born and raised in Winnemucca, Nevada. Very proud of that actually in Orvada, Nevada. Went to a one-room schoolhouse. He came from a similar background, bigger ranch in country, and in central Wyoming, in Wyoming. We have lived in lots of different atmospheres, but this has always been our quest. And 43 mm-hmm. years later, I have traveled the seven seas. We're shooting with long-range rifles when we're alone. They put us together. It's like giving you two AR-14s with just clips and clips full of bullets because we don't stop from the time we say hello and howdy, we're red-eyed and, re- red-eyed and rowdy and ready to buck them. 
We don't stop for two and a half, three, three and a half hours of delivering the message of the Western lifestyle, riding $100,000, $200,000 horses, <clears throat> some of them that have been built, bucking horses included and bulls, by embryo transfer. So we all sometimes fringe on reproductive physiology and what it takes to create this entire gathering. So let's talk about how you both got started in rodeo, uh, your um, com- competitive days and then your transition to the booth. You know, as a young man, <clears throat> and as I mentioned a little earlier about that dream of becoming a cowboy, it started for me in high school. And, uh, you know, all I wanted to do was wear the jacket that said Sheridan High School Rodeo Team. That's all I wanted to do. So, being a poor kid, all we could afford was a bull rope. That was it. Borrowed a set of spurs. So I rode bareback horses for about six years, and I joke verbally in the arena all the time that I was the best three-second bareback rider around, but the rules ate. Uh, loved it, had a lot of fun, donated most of the time, my entry fees, but it sure lit a spark in me to want to be around, affiliated with, help produce, help grow, help uh, bring to the forefront for people's entertainment factor the world of rodeo. I never knew how broad it was and how big it was until I got into it at that level and said, man, I can make a difference. And today we do. When we moved to town from the ranch as a little guy, I never played sports. So I tried to play them and kids took my marbles away from me. They beat me. I hadn't rode a bicycle, so I had to learn how to do that. When I went to high school, I can ride a horse, rope a calf, ride a bucking horse. Not real well, but I could do it by myself. <clears throat> On a football field, somebody made a mistake and I had to run 20 laps in all that uniform and those pads. I said, this ain't going to get it. Then I had been to rodeo since I was a little kid and I loved to hear the announcer talk about the guy and what he did, talk about the bucking horses. And way too young in life, I was announcing big rodeos. I have moments at night in the middle of the rodeo, 18,000 performances later, when I say to myself, I love this because we make a difference to the guy that bought the ticket, to the lady who's bringing her seven-year-old little boy or little girl for the very first time. We make a difference. I love this. You talk about, so in a lot of ways, baseball's national pastime. Football's the most dominant sport. But really, rodeo is the sport that, to me, represents America and the way it was and, the you know, our culture and uh, it's diverse. You've got strong, you got fast, big, small, men, women. I mean, there's events for everybody. Uh, what what makes rodeo special? You know, I think it's it's kind of the core of both of our stories that we told just a moment ago. Anybody can win if you try hard enough, you work at it long enough, you work under the right direction, you practice day in and day out. You know, anybody can win. Doesn't matter if you're five foot one, 120, or seven foot tall and 285, there's something for everybody here. Where your odds of making it to the pros in baseball and football and basketball and on and on and on are so slim, so tough. Rodeo is a little bit more of a niche market and uh, it spells anybody can do it. All you gotta do is pay your entry fees, go get on. Whether you win or not, maybe another story, but anybody can try it. In the 60 years that I've been around it, 50 years that I've been a part of it, 68 years old, the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association and the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, 
I think is missing their niche opportunity by today with social media of explaining that to the public. We tell the story always, we, we sing our song to the choir, but they don't have an outlet. You're giving us an opportunity today to reach ears that can't spell rodeo, that don't understand an eight second bucking horse ride. They don't understand strapping your ass on 1,944 pounds of crossbred bucking bull. And then they open the gate and you try to ride this bugger for eight seconds. You don't buy season tickets to rodeo. You buy a ticket. So when they buy a ticket to the show, it's our job that if they only come to one to make it the greatest <clears throat> rodeo they've ever come to. And I'm gonna say it for the 13th time and I don't mean to be repetitious. I love what I do. Rodeo is different than announcing another sport. Um, you're telling stories and you touched on that. Um, what makes a good story for you? I, I think you're one of my favorite storytellers, Bob and Wayne, you do an incredible job and rodeo announcers do this better than anybody else I know. And someone who makes his living off of stories, what do you think makes a good story? You know, I think we're both very different, very different in that respect, very alike in a lot of ways, but very different in that respect because stealing a, a little saying that Bob's said for years and years and years, in that grandstand is a truck driver and a teacher and a preacher and a U.S. Senator, and the list goes on and on and on. Their level of interest is all different. So I think our approaches are a little bit different, but it works out well because I'm more of a stats guy. This is who he is, this is what he's done, this is where he's been, I know his wife and I know his kids and I know what kind of truck he drives. And I'm gonna tell him who this guy is because 99% of our contestants is the guy next door drawing the people in to understand who the players are and who brought the livestock and who those animals are is kind of my focus. I'm a play-by-play play, play guy. Um, since I rode a bucking horse and a bull and a bareback horse and rope calves uh, and have done all this stuff, I want that person to feel their groin muscles getting stretched and ripped. I want them to feel the bicep being torn I want them to feel their guts getting jerked out. And you can do it, and especially here with the technology we have of a replay screen, that you can show them to the moment, why do you get bucked off? They won't see it, but Wayne and I will see it, and we can pick it up <clears throat> most of the time live and on a replay and let that person feel like, God dang, that's a human body. and. They just did what they did, and when it's all through and we say, give him a hand, he give it a hell of a try, but he didn't win, he didn't succeed, but he's gonna get to do it again. Now, you fail in football 70% of the time, you're off the team. You gotta find a job or get an education to do something else. You can keep coming back doing this. And, and you add the music to it and the drum roll and the American flag and the moment to pray and the hurts and the hell, the ducks, and the dives. And the joy. Oh. And the celebratory dances, and the clown, and the funny, and the humor, and the wind, and the weather, and the sunsets. All the good, and the bad, and the ugly, they're all there. I wish we had all day to talk about what this thing called rodeo is. It is a way of life. 
How important is the voice? The greatest way to get a hold of an audience is quiet. Being too loud, you scare them. No, we do that for fun. The greatest sound in the world is silence and then deliver the message. Because you get people in a rhythmic method of, you know, of listening and they get bored and they tune you out. Just be quiet for a minute and they'll look around. What's he doing? What's he going to say next? Old trick. What do you tell a 20-year-old who's interested in broadcasting who doesn't have your cadence, who doesn't have your gravelly voice or <clears throat> the... When you can read the news, get a newspaper. When you can read the news and paint a picture with what's in print, you're ready to do it live. You know, you can have any kind of voice and become a great broadcaster. And it's not brain surgery, but it takes some work. So, you know, to the 20-year-old that says, man, I'd like to do that, you can do it. Just go do it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, David. Great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Niche. The music today, as always, was A Mirror, A Storm by People With Bodies. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NichePod, or go to our website, NichePod.com. Today's episode was produced by David and myself, and it was edited by me. And if you liked us, please rate and review on iTunes. 20 minutes before the rodeo started last night, we found out a kid was a newlywed. We hammered him about it. It's a great thing. <laughs>